I live from Studio 6B on a Monday, starting a new week. Glad you're in Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Boys are all here. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Mr. Nolan, how was your weekend? It was a lot of fun. Good time. Very good. Rick Delgado's here. How are you? Very good, Damon. How are you? And uh, I'm good. Uh, I had a good weekend. Rick Amorati's here with sports. Big sports this weekend, Mr. Amorati. What's going on? Big. Tom Brady back to the Super Bowl at the young age of 43. Looking forward to that. And uh, big Conor McGregor upset over the weekend as well, D. Well, you know, we kind of um, we kind of talked about that, and almost in a way, we kind of called that. I mean, we said it wasn't yeah. going to be a cakewalk for him, given that he's been in the ring 48 seconds in two years. So, and by the way, it showed. It yeah. showed, and you know, and it, um, and it paid. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't. Did you play Poirier? Yeah, we, yeah. yeah, we played him. We Plus two hundred and fifty. I didn't play him, but uh, you know, you're getting old, and you have to take a nap. At eight <laughs> at night. So you go to your friend's house at nine thirty, so you can stay up for the fight, so you can make it to one. <laughs> oh, gosh. Good stuff. Yeah, very good, honey. Wake me up at seven thirty so I can shower. <laughs> so I can shower. Yeah. Get ready to go out at nine, so I can hopefully make it to one. So yeah. Uh, well, lots to cover. I've got some more of um, Jen P. Saki from the. Um, press briefing room i'm noticing i don't know if you guys have noticed this different tenor well i'm noticing a lot of deflection early on here from this administration you don't say yeah i'm i'm noticing a lot of of deflection and i can i continue to hear um well we've only been here now <laughs> for uh five days 47 years well besides him yes but uh the jen pisaki uses a lot of um well we've only been here for and then she puts a number of days on it and i'm just wondering how long that's gonna go well we've only been here 242 days so we, we we our china policy is uh you know, we'll get back to you. Can you guys get me uh, press credentials and get me in there just once? I mean, no, it'll only no. last once. <laughs> no. I just would love to. I would just love to get to just like go out in a blaze of glory, just like asking <laughs> seven or eight questions and just get dragged out, deal with yeah. the consequences, and I know it'll help the channel out. Let, let me <laughs> let me get to Real America's Voice on that, and I'll get back to you. And um, I'll do a Gen P Saki. I'll let you know in a number of days. Should I hold my breath? Right. You know, don't start now. <laughs> okay. No. Yeah. You and just don't quit uh, your day job. <laughs> you just asked this this question of Damon uh, just a few minutes ago. He, he just got the question. He's going to need more time. He's got to circle back. Right. Yeah, I've, only been, back. I've only been here for a day, one right. day. So I've, I'll get back to you on yeah, that. Circle, circle back. back. But uh, yes, a lot of deflection from Jen Pisaki in the in, uh, in the um, briefing room. And I noticed about an hour or so ago the um, the phony Democrats led by. I mean. If you walked on a used car sales lot and um, Representative Raskin walked up to you and said, what are you looking for now? Are you looking for a four-wheeler? Are you looking for a two-wheeler? <laughs> you wouldn't be surprised at all. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't be surprised. You would not be surprised. You, you just wouldn't be surprised. You wouldn't think anything of it. You'd say, well, uh, you know, I'm looking for – when you tell him whatever you're looking for. He's just a – but here he comes with the impeachment. He's the impeachment manager. This is a guy in 2016 stood up, as I played you the video, stood up while Biden was up there presiding over the Senate, talking about how he objected to the Electoral uh, College, the, the votes, the certification. And then here he is now in 2021, four years later, for this election, he's the impeachment manager talking about how, amongst other things, people who stood up to the Electoral College on January 6th 
Cruz, Holly, and the like are um, part of, uh, you know, should all just be under a criminal investigation for their role in what happened at the Capitol. So here they come marching their phony articles of impeachment over. And um, here's Raskin on the floor of the Senate. And I mean, it's, he's barely understandable when he talks. I mean, they're just making it up as they go along. There is, there's no historical or factual basis anywhere for this argument that they're pushing on impeachment. None. Not in the Constitution. Not that I know of. And I'm certainly no constitutional scholar. No, I'm not a constitutional lawyer. I don't work at the really? National Review where all, no. the, where all those um, professional constitutional um, experts reside and go on TV. You know, I'm um, not a former federal prosecutor. I was listening to Levin today, and he was talking about there was, and he's great. I mean, there was not one uh, thing about it that was remotely constitutional. I know that you know. Well, he said have... it. Yeah, Turley has said it. Other other people have said it. There aren't even constitutional experts like, um, let's say those two are. There's there's been some articles uh, talking about this has to stop. Yeah, I think Dershowitz also said it. Dershowitz. Um, yeah. What about Fran? Fran. Yeah, I was about to ask. I bet um, he would know because he's pretty good with this stuff. Fran, how, what say you? About what? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I guess he doesn't pay attention. He's playing to the solitaire. Show. <laughs> Leave him alone. Fran barely listens to the show as we're doing the show. He, has, he doesn't give a damn about what we're talking about. He barely pays attention enough to hit them. He does pick great music, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Oh, the best. Um, and he's funny. Uh, you know, he's about as funny as anyone on the show. Way funnier than any of us, by the way. Um, <laughs> but there is no basis that I know of that I've heard anybody articulate, including the Democrats, by the way, in their 75 page um, impeachment, you know, that they got done in two hours. <laughs> they wrote this uh, 75 page uh, dissertation on it. Uh, 25 pages of it are, are, are an appendix. So it's about 50 pages. But I don't know where the justification for pursuing a private citizen is coming from. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's really like they're making it up on the spot. They're making it up as they go along. I think you, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Damon. They are basically making it up as they go along um, because they still want to extract their pound of flesh. Like you said in 2016, ah, uh, the, the the damn voters got one past us. Not this time. We're going to make sure that they all know. Even the one that that, that was here for four years, never again. I I mean, I'd like to ask. Well, I guess I've heard Romney talk about it, of course. Uh, McConnell feel, seems like he's all, all in here with going forward. Pelosi, Schumer, those two uh, Marxists. I, I'd like to ask <laughs> any of them, where is the ba- where can you point me to, as someone who knows nothing, wh- point me to where, I'm happy to look at it, where is the justification, where did the framers... Is it in the Federalist Papers? Is it in the Constitution? Am I not seeing it? Is there a, section, a secret section clause? Uh, where is it? Where is the justification for going after now a, a private citizen who's no longer the president? And what is this precedent? So if they, it, let's, just, let's just play along here. We'll grab the pom-poms and let's play along with Schmucky Boy. If, um, if we take the House, the Senate, and uh, the presidency in four years... Can, can we go back to um, 
Obama and the spying and putting spies in camp. Just is this all elected officials now who have been on government? Is that the precedent we're setting? What's what is the precedent? And where is the basis, the foundation, either um, historical or factual basis for this? I'd like to know just because I don't I don't I'm not sure where this is. It's I listened to Pelosi and Schumer and I listened to Raskin today. You want a Subaru there, four-wheel drive, two-wheel drive? What are you looking for? <laughs> I listened to him, and um, it just sounds like he's making it up, which why he sounds incoherent when he speaks on the floor of the House. Almost like he's uh, asking if you want the undercoating with that. Yeah, exactly. You want, the, you want that bed coated right there so you can put that bed right there in the back. and Yeah. I mean, did the framers um, debate this, write about it somewhere? I don't know. I have not been able to find it. And I listened to these people and I watched what the, the show they put. It's really what it was. It was a show today that they put on I'm as they glad. did the first time too. walking across so formal and just so glad that they're reaching out this olive branch of unity. You know, they're really unifying us yes. with this. You Joe know, Biden was asked about unity peak. today. Yeah. How'd that go? Well, here's how it went. It didn't really do <laughs> nothing. I mean, he just spoke and he just, you know, I mean, I have to say, no, we're not going to play it right now. I have to say, um, I've noticed something else about the president. Besides the fact that he has the early onset of dementia, there's no doubt about that. When he does speak, five minutes seems like five hours. The pauses. The pauses. Yes, I was editing clips for the show today, and I swear, I thought, well, this clip's got to be 19 minutes long. I can't play this. And I looked down, it's four. (laughs) <laughs> wow. it's four minutes I, th- I swear i thought it was 19 minutes long so basically he's a time vampire he just sucks your life away just listening to him he was asked about unity jen saki was asked about it today too and jen Sok- jen p saki by the way p is silent she was asked um a lot about china today a lot about china today she was actually and i don't know who the woman was in the back of the room Asked a fantastic question. Did it have anything to do with what's going on with the saber rattling and and all the the, the military planes that they're flying over, to, you know, um, Taiwan? And no, oof. Uh, we can get to that though. But she asked a very good question as it relates to to China. Um, we got three minutes. Let's play it right now. And Jen Psaki's response is um, well. Uh, cut four is the one, G. If you could roll cut four, uh, that's the one. Yes. Um, in an executive order that the president signed last week, he also suspended a Trump administration executive order that was particularly aimed at keeping foreign countries, specifically China, from interfering in the U.S. power grid. But he suspended that for 90 days in that executive order last week. Given what you said about China today, why did he do that, especially related to something so critical to our national security as the power grid? Okay, now stop it for a second. I'll have to. I've talked about this on Live from Studio 6B years ago, probably before we started this version of the show, and how a huge deal this is and so important. And I've played for you some of Mike, um, I think it's Professor Milberry who wrote a book on this. I'll have to check that, but we've talked about this on the show, how important. This is an excellent question, which she has a really lousy response on. Go ahead. 
I think the president's view on, on our relationship with China, I, I uh, tried to do my best to convey to all of you. I'll have to check on that specific piece, and we'll, we'll circle back with you directly. <laughs> now, how do you not have an answer? I mean, I know, I know we've only been here for five, you know, five days. That's the standard here, deflection. But how do you not have an answer to that? I mean, this, this is a huge, huge topic that President Trump, by the way, took on like no one else has taken on. He was very much aware of the threat of our electrical power grid and wh what, how vulnerable it is to certain attacks and how devastating it would be for life in the United States. Life, human life, like <laughs> everybody, all 300 million of us. And she, this is a great question. And I don't care what day it is. I don't know how you don't have a response to it. Well, that's because she's much like uh, Biden himself, just an empty, an empty shell of a person. She really it, it, it's amazing because here's a great question, like you mentioned, and it's something we, for the most part, the American public has no idea about. And she should have at least a running knowledge of it to say, you know what, you know, here's what what the thinking is behind it. I know we're running out of time, but maybe we can pick it up on the other side. So maybe you'd stop talking so we could get to the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, live from Studio Six Beach. Let's circle started. around to that. Yeah, just getting started. Lots to do. A couple crazy towns you're gonna like today. from Studio 6B on a Monday night. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Um, got some clips of the press briefing room today as I just played one for you. I thought that was an excellent question by that woman. Uh, I don't know where she was from. But I've got more clips from the uh, briefing room. I've got some uh, things to cover. i got some crazy towns. Rick's going to do some sports. And Paul's going to do some news. And he's going to do some of it right now. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, the BBC is reporting that Taiwan has reported that large incursions uh, by Chinese warplanes for the second day. Uh, Taiwan has reported that large incursion of Chinese warplanes for the second day running as a show of force that coincides with the first days of Joe Biden's term. Uh, Sunday's operation involved 15 aircraft followed by a similar drill that led to warnings from Washington. Uh, Chinese, uh, China sees democratic uh, Taiwan as a breakaway province, but Taiwan sees itself as a sovereign state. Analysts say China is testing the level of support from the Biden administration. Uh, in the U.S.'s first public remarks on Taiwan since Biden came into power, the U.S. State Department reaffirmed its rock-solid commitment to helping it defend itself. China's carried out regular flights over the international waters between the southern part of Taiwan and Taiwanese-controlled Pratis Island in the South China Sea in recent months, but they're usually conducted by one to two one or two or three recon reconnaissance anti-submarine uh, warcraft warfare aircraft. Sorry about that. But, uh, you know, so with their rat saber rattling and... Well, if you're China, why not, right? I mean, what... You, as we've been saying leading up to this, if you're China, you're Iran, you're Russia, and Jen Pisaki was asked about a lot of this today in the press briefing room, wh why, would, why not test this administration? Because you've got all the wrong, all the wrong people to deal with them. They know it. There's no doubt they know it. Got, I mean, put aside anything they've got as far as Hunter Biden laptop. And by the way, John Solomon just interviewed 
the owner of the shop that the laptop was left at. And I have not had a chance to listen to it yet, but um, Harry tells me there's a lot there to listen to. So I have it. I'm going to listen to it tonight. But um, so if you're China and you've got this stuff and you've got uh, Clinton emails and all the stuff that the, all of them have done over the years, why would you not test this administration and see? You got to buy the short hairs, as they say. I mean, if you listen to the if you listen to the press briefing room today, you're thinking, well, th- I mean, they have no idea what they're going to do with us. If you're if you're China, you're you're, you're saying, well, they di- I mean, she was asked questions from um, the last two questions she got was someone from the back gentleman from it looked like uh, could have been some outlet from China. I don't know exactly or or where he was from, but. Um, he asked her specific questions about policy and he was like, well, when do you think, you know, when do you think you're going to give us this policy? When are we going to know? And again, she, I mean, I have some things here from her, but she just didn't have any answers. That's what happens when, when you think the job is really easy. Ah, it's just, it's just standing up there answering some questions. Yeah, but I don't think that's the case because Joe's been in government for 50 years. Right. I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about people like her. I know, but she's been around him since 2008, maybe earlier, but at least since the Obama administration, she was there all eight years with them. She, she knows Biden. She knows the policies. Don't you know she's mastered the art of saying it's none of your business? She's just she's, she's given as many words as possible to say nothing. So, you know, all it is is just, you know, cloak and dagger nonsense. She's not going to tell well, you anything. Well, I mean, I, I agree with some of that, but I don't, I mean, did you guys watch her today? Nope, not today. No. All right, so you have to wa- you have to have watched it, I think, to have a, to have some idea of what I'm trying to talk about here because Roll it, she's just. Um, I mean, it's not like they're asking her. I mean, they're asking her basic, like top level. Well, what's you know, Trump did this. He put this executive order in. Are you going to keep that? You're going to risk. It's not like they're asking her like, uh, you know, real down and dirty kind of things that, that she can't. She doesn't want to get into the minutia of you know, wonky policy. They're asking her, how are you going to treat these guys? You know, are you going to uh, still delist some of these companies from the uh, New York Stock Exchange? Are you going to, Trump did this, are you going to keep that? I mean, they're not asking her hard <laughs> things. So again, I mean, if you're any of these places and you're looking at this guy and all the people, the old boys club coming back together, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you challenge them? And it's surprising too, because you would you would think that the questions would be submitted prior, right? Isn't that kind of the the mo for these guys? Is no, I, I don't, submit I don't your get that questions. No, I don't su- get that feeling at all. No, no. I told you last week, and I'll stick to it until I see a change. I don't think they're going to be in love with this. Um, I don't think she's going to get as much love as she thinks. I don't. I don't think they're going to challenge her. They're still yes, but I don't think they're enamored by this guy. He's. He's there because their hatred of Trump, and the longer they get away from Trump, and they have to actually start focusing on this old fool. I don't think they're in love with him, and I don't think they're going to be in love with her. So, I, and I don't think they're going to be. Certainly, it's not going to be with Sean Spicer or any of, or Kaylee McEnany or any of them faced for sure. But I don't know that it's going to be like you know they did day one. Is he going to keep the colors of uh, in Air Force One? You know, and and how did he feel walking into the Oval Office? I think you'll get some of that, right? But I think you also get some pushback from them on when she, when she doesn't give in. She got pushback today, not like what they got. I'm not saying they're like challenging or like they're really being journalists, but 
They're not like licking them, which is, would you be surprised if that happened? Of course not. Well, that, that's the thing, though. I mean, they're not even giving her super hard questions, and she's struggling. So as this gets a little, you know, as it starts to get a little deeper into the days here, they're going to run out of the, the softball questions, and they're going to they're gonna have to come in a little high and tight, as they say, and, uh, you know, hey, then try and nail her down on something. And if she doesn't have an answer for the easy ones, she's going to have a real tough tr- uh, problem with the tough ones. Well, but the problem is they're, they always, she's always let off the hook in the end. So... And that's, that's basically the same thing with the Sunday shows, which I, I try to watch, not as much because I like to keep my food down from Saturday night. So I don't watch the Sunday early morning shows because they're early. And then if you're not fully digested, you Did can Did you get, see the uh, exchange between watching. little Georgie and Ron I have Paul? It. And that's, that's, that's what I'm getting to is most of the time, these uh, journalists and they get let off the hook. Well, little Georgie tried that with Rand Paul. And guess what? He, he didn't get off the hook. Rand Paul did with what most Republicans should be doing, but most of them are gutless worms, so they don't do it. But Rand Paul did do it, and little Georgie wasn't too happy. So I do have that clip. We'll get to that. But let's do some more news here in a couple minutes we have left. According to Just the News and Rasmussen, a shock poll, Trump Patriot Party would win almost a quarter of the votes and drop the GOP to third place. We have this poll, G, if you want to put it up while Paul's doing the story somewhere in there. Um, the question was posed, suppose President Trump left the Republican Party and formed a Patriot Party in the, two th- in the 2024 presidential election. Would you be likely to vote for a Republican candidate, the Democratic candidate, the Patriot Party candidate, or some other candidate? And it came up 17% Republican and uh, 46 Democrat, which is still mind-boggling to me. And This is why— 23% Patriot and 14% other. Put that back up, please. This is why, if you did this, you would just basically be ensuring that the Democrats were in continuous, no, ever, non, nope. ever power. Nope. Absolutely. Nope. Well, that. Well, okay. Seventeen and this twenty-three. This is day one. Equals. Um, this let's is see. day. This is day one. You okay. would have you would have the anti-establishment party. That's what you'd have, because yeah. the walkaway movement just kept on growing and rolling and growing. And listen, people are done with the Republican Party. Done. Neither of them resemble anything. If this Patriot Party had the tenets of, of constitutionality, liberty, you know, let's say it ran on a, on a sovereign. If it did all the things the Constitution was meant to do, like a Jassara, Nassara, imagine it took that platform. That yep. would shift in no time. Yeah, that would And be here's huge. the best part. They would re-rig the Dominion machines, and it would still be a landslide victory for the Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can agree to disagree on that. Um, well, I'm well, on the total opposite to, side of you. I see your point, though. Don't think I don't. I really do see your point. It would splinter the party, so to speak. If Trump ran as anything other than a Republican, he wouldn't get the percentage of votes he got. It just wouldn't. All right, we'll continue with that, plus a lot more to do. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday. New week. Glad you're in. We're back right after this.
Radio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Glad you're in. Paul's going to do some more news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's going to have sports. Big uh, games. We now know who's going to the big game. Super Bowl, February 7th in Tampa Bay. And uh, it's going to be a home game. First time for, ever. Uh, first time ever, a home game for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Tom Brady said, hey, uh, any of you guys in the NFC want to go to the Super Bowl? Let me come on over. I'll take you in year one. <laughs> you know, Aaron Rodgers has been in the NFC, and um, I saw this stat. Rodgers and, and um, who's the other NFC quarterback? Breeze. Breeze. Breeze has been in the <laughs> NFC for 32 years combined, and they have one um, NFC Conference Championship between them. They each have one NFC Conference Championship. Brady's been in the NFC one year, and he has one NFC Conference Championship. It's amazing. I saw that. It's incredible. I mean, this might be this might be the single greatest um, achievement. I mean, he's got six Super Bowl rings. He's played 21 years. 14 of those years, he's been to the Conference Championship. Yep. I don't even know how to put into words how insane that is. I find it so laughable when people say, oh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, Brady was great and all, but you know Montana was better. It's not. There's no comparison. Uh, Ten Super it's Bowls. Brady's and, here. Yeah. Then the conversation you want to discuss who's better, Manning or yeah. you know, or starts Montana. way down. It's you know. So if he's at a hundred, they're, they're at eighty, and we'll yeah. There's no chance at number one. Mahomes is the only chance at that. And if he wins this one and come back six to more. us in fifteen years, right. we'll discuss it. Yeah. He, um, I saw a story today that Tom Brady's parents both had COVID, yep. by the way, at the beginning of the season. Yep. And we were all wondering what was wrong with him in the beginning of the season. I don't know. This was all of it. But his parents well, were near death, they said, in this story I read. Both of them yeah, struggled death. big time with Well, him. I didn't hear that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it has to do with Arian's offense being so difficult to learn. I mean, what he did this year is just its unbelievable. So, uh, anyways, we'll do more of that in sports. There's an article in National Review by David Harsani, Joe Biden's COVID deceptions. And he says he's gone back on a campaign promise to change the virus's trajectory and set as a goal a rate of vaccination that the U.S. has already met or exceeded. Let me remind you, um, cut nine, G., I put this little quick clip together because Joe Biden came out the other day and he said, well, we can't, well, you'll see it in this clip. But um, so let me just remind you of where we were when Joe Biden was in the cheap seats running as a candidate, being able to just say, oh, everything this guy does sucks. He's the worst. He's a, he's Hitler. He's, you know, he's talking to white supremacy, you know, all that. It's easy in the cheap seats. And then all of a sudden now here's the reality of, okay, well now it's all at your feet, pal. So you've said a lot of stuff. So here we go. Well, not quite exactly the same. Roll that. As I said last night, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. Oh, because there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. Oh, well, what, what happened to shutting down the virus there? I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. He must have said that on the campaign, campaign trail how many times? A hundred? He said it in the debates, another hundred? As he looked across the stage and said, oh, this, it's your fault. It's this and all these deaths. It's your fault. If I, I'll shut down the virus. Well, okay. What are you doing? President uh, shut down travel from China. What did you call it? Put up the tweet one, G. 
you called it um, xenophobic. Oh, stop the xenophobic fear-mongering. Be honest. Take responsibility. Do your job. That's strong right there from Joe Biden. That's very strong. Put up the next one. We are in the midst of a crisis with coronavirus. We need to lead the way with science. Not Donald Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, xenophobia and fear-mongering. He's the worst possible person to lead our... Okay. Well, guess what? He's out. You're leading it now. And how are we doing? Again, deflection. Oh, well, now that I'm here, I've realized that, um, well, there's nothing I can do to change the truth. <laughs> oh, it's not, no, like, it's nothing I can do. We're going to do a million vaccines um, in the next 100 days. Or we're going to do a, a, 100 million vaccines in the next 100 days, a million a day. Um, well, sir, that's what, uh, that's what we're doing now and that the Trump administration was doing. Oh, well, come on here, man. What are you talking about, man? Don't ask me those questions as he snapped at that reporter the other day. Should you set the bar a little higher? Well, no, no. So the view's always good from the cheap seats, like I said. The view's always good from the cheap seats. So David Harsani says, um, President Joe Biden contends that there is, quote, nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months, which is the exact opposite of what candidate Joe Biden promised voters during the 2020 campaign. And by opposite... I mean, the exact opposite to the president's alleged plan to uh, beat coronavirus literally said that the trajectory of COVID-19 in America is headed in the wrong direction. That's a quote from him directly. Quote, the trajectory, use the word trajectory, of COVID-19 in America is headed in the wrong direction. And he told us only he could fix it. Now the Biden plan amounted to a slew of nebulous promises that would be implemented to correct the Trump fiasco, such as accelerating the development of a vaccine, producing more masks. By the way, um, just so you guys know, do you remember when we did the opening segment of the show, Wrapped in Bubble Wrap? Oh, yeah, sure. We're getting close to that time where that's not going to be a joke anymore because now the new thing is... Well, maybe one mask is not exactly going to be good enough. Now we, we may need to double mask. So Fauci's gone from no mask to mask to no mask, back to mask. And now we're at double mask. So just, just be aware. Bubble wrap can't be too far away. Um, the Biden plan, so uh, he says, produce more masks and pressuring governors to sign mask mandates. Biden repeatedly promised to alter the trajectory of COVID. In these platitudes, especially on October 23rd speech, Biden pledged to, quote, immediately put in place a national strategy that will position the country to finally get ahead of the virus and get back our lives, end quote. Well, he said immediately is, uh, is an adverb, meaning at once, instantly, without any intervening time. It does not mean waiting around to take credit for when the Trump era vaccines kick in. One of the silliest talking points pushed by the left-wing pundits during the election was to say that Biden had warned us about the pandemic. Evidence of this contention revolves around a single USA Today column in which the then-presidential candidate noted that there were at least five cases of COVID in the United States and there, quote, likely will be more. Hardly a Nostradamus. (laughs) We're still... Biden continually underestimated the speed 
with which medical technology would move. It's true. Operation Warp Speed was a rare public-private partnership success. Yet, every time Trump promised that a vaccine would be available by the end of the year, the fact-checkers in the media were deployed to claim this as a vicious lie. By December 23rd, the United States led the world in vaccinations with over a million people vaccinated. December 23rd. This despite the fact that during the presidential campaign, Democrats such as now Vice President Kamala Harris engaged in cynical partisan effort to erode trust in government um, by intimating that the efficacy and safety of this vaccine would be compromised under the Trump administration. Now CNN reports that the Biden administration has inherited no coronavirus distribution plan to speak of. We talked about this on Friday. An anonymous Thursday, an anonymous source claims that there is nothing for us to rework. We are going to have to build everything from scratch. Why does CNN allow anonymity in a peace bashing the previous administration? Well, most likely because the claim is obviously untrue. Even Dr. Fauci was asked about it and immediately shot it down. So Biden has no vaccine plan, or as the case, he needs a better one. Why wasn't the Biden administration ready with its own on day one? The president had promised to, quote, seek out governors and mayors and other leaders of both parties from every state, territory, and tribe and consult with education, technology, business, and labor leaders, end quote. Basically, everybody but your sister. So he'd be ready to hit the ground, quote, unquote, running and fight the virus as our next president the phrase hit the ground running means to start a new activity immediately (laughs) with a lot of enthusiasm (laughs) mr harsani points out at the white house press conference on thursday biden claimed that the trump administration's distribution of coronavirus vaccines had been a dismal failure and set a goal to vaccinate 100 million americans by the end of april or around 1 million per day But on the day before Biden made his promise, there had already been 1.6 million doses administered in the United States, according to Bloomberg. One hopes Biden's plan isn't to slow down the inoculations and that his plan was just a clumsy attempt to convince a compliant press to give him credit for existing accomplishments. We're already at a higher pace than a million a day. When the reporter gently pushed back and noted how unambiguous the administration's goals were, Biden shot back, quote, when I announced it, you all said it wasn't possible. Come on, man. Give me a break. Did they? Who did that? He says the Trump administration's plan showed that the U.S. was set to administer at least 170 million doses by the end of April, 70 million more than Biden now says is his plan. Now, I'm skeptical that there was much more the Trump administration could have done to stop the spread of coronavirus. Almost everything we have done has been reactive. Nearly every economic and political system has also struggled to contain the virus. Nearly every state, blue or red. That, however, wasn't an outlook shared by Democrats who blamed Trump personally and Republicans generally for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of citizens. Biden is now imbued with the same powers as Trump, even more, with effective control of both houses. And all he's done is deflect. That today by David Harsani, and I think that's right on the money. Play that clip one more time. Cut nine. This is a big difference in tone. 
As I said last night, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. Because there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. Mm-hmm. Well, just a tad bit different now that the, um, the deaths are on your administration that are happening every day. And the vaccine plan has to come from you. And we've said all along, Joe Biden has no plan. He has had no plan. I showed you the tweets. What do they say today? Oh, we're shutting down travel. Oh, really? You're shutting down travel. I tweeted out, well, that's very xenophobic. Isn't that how this works? That's what we're supposed to say now in response? Of course not. But when Trump did it, he was xenophobic. Now Biden's doing it. South Africa, shut down. Continuing all the other travel bans, we find out today. Not lifting any of them and adding to them. Is he xenophobic? Of course not. Jake Tapper going to have anyone on tonight to ask him that? Of course not. Chuck Todd on Sunday going to ask about this? Xenophobia that's running wild in this administration? Eh, of course not. from Studio 6B. More news, more sports, lots to do. Glad you're in on a Monday. Real America's Voice. Studio 6P on a Monday. Glad you're in. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. It's time to do some sports. And here with that is uh, Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big Dave. Before we get into all the Super Bowl talk, let's just take care of a little round ball business. NCAA men's basketball. One game in action right now. Syracuse over uh, number eight, Virginia, 61 to 46. NBA, we got the Magic over the Hornets, 66-61, mid-third. Uh, the number one Eastern Conference, Philadelphia 76, is trailing the Detroit Pistons by 17 in the third. Uh, Lake is up by one over the Cavs right now in, in the early uh, second. And uh, Heat's uh, over the Nets by two points. Heading over to the Tom Brady. He, Tampa Bay Buccaneers hold off the Green Bay Packers to punch Super Bowl ticket and be the first team in Super Bowl history to play in their own stadium, as we covered earlier. Brady is going back to the Super Bowl for a tenth time at the tender age of 43. But this time it comes as the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady and the Bucs knocked off the number one seed at Green Bay Packers 31-26 to in Sunday's NFC Championship game at Lambeau Field. They now will face the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, a 38-24 to winner over the Buffalo Bills Sunday in the AFC Championship game. This game will take place at Raymond James Stadium, and that will be uh, two weeks from now on Sunday, September, uh, September February 7th. Um, and uh, the line, Aaron Rodgers actually had a better day. Uh, he he had 33 of 48 for 346 yards and three touchdowns. And um, we'll see what happens. Tom Brady was 20 uh, of 36 for 280 yards, three touchdowns. He also had three interceptions. But you know what? He came up big when he had to. And um, we're going to play a little Stephen A. video from ESPN. He was a little upset there because he had Green Bay. I think Paul had Green Bay, too. And uh, a lot of us had Green Bay. But, uh, yeah, can you have that Stephen A. clip there? His alter ego talking about uh, how upset he is, should be. 
G, roll it. Oh, oh, so you're just gonna fly on by how you jumped off the Bucks bandwagon? You just want us to forget about it, huh? Forget about how wrong you were? <laughs> no, I'm not forgetting about it. I'll never forget about it. I'll never forget what Matt LaFleur did to me. Now, I'll never forgive him either. I went with a bad man, Aaron Rodgers, and Matt LaFleur ruined it. No, Aaron Rodgers isn't a bad man. You're a bad man. You made a bad pick, so just own it, Stephen. They own it. You picked against the GOAT Tom Brady. You I didn't pick it. against Tom Brady. Tom Brady, I picked four Aaron Rodgers. That's what I did, baby Stephen A. Don't lecture me. You're a baby. Matt LaFleur blew it, okay? That's what happened. Leave me alone. Jeez. I'm very fragile right now. <laughs> just, just get off my show. Just get off my show. <laughs> All right. Patrick Mahomes leads defending champion Kansas City Chiefs back to the Super Bowl. And Mahomes not only returned to play in Sunday night's AFC championship against the Buffalo Bills, but he would play well. Mahomes led the Chiefs to a 38-24 victory over Buffalo and a berth in Super Bowl 55 against Tom Brady and the Bucs. Mahomes was knocked out of last week's divisional round victory over the Browns with symptoms of a concussion. Wasn't cleared from the NFL's protocol until Friday. He also was dealing with a turf toe injury that limited him against Cleveland. Mahomes played through, through it all Sunday night, going 29-38 for 320. 25 yards and three touchdowns. And the KC uh, Chiefs um, wide receiver Tyree Kill was nine receptions, 172 yards. Travis Kelsey, who's just a beast, 13 catches for 118 yards and two touchdowns. And uh, let's give a little uh, love to Bills Josh uh, QB, uh, QB Josh Allen, who was uh, 28 to 48, 287 yards. He had 88 yards rushing on seven carries. And uh, hey, hats off to the Bills Mafia. They had a great season. I think they'll be back next year. Stage seemed a little too big for the quarterback. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. The the whole stage seemed just a little too big for him, like he was not ready to be there. I mean, I know they got the break. They got the big defensive play in the beginning to go up 9-0. By the way, if if you can't kick an extra point, you should just get kicked out of the league, never to return again. I mean, these guys who missed these extra points, it's like I could kick the extra point for crying out loud. It's unbelievable how many of these extra points you see missed in these games. It's amazing. Well, you know, it, it, they moved it back a couple of years ago. I mean, they used to kick it oh, from, come on. you know, Paul could make it. I could make it. You could make it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just like to touch on the Brandon out, the Josh Allen thing up, Brandon out. Um, for, first things first, he, right out of the gate, he looked good to me. He made some really nice passes. In my, I, I, and I thought his running looked good. I thought in the second half of that game, he looked like he was looking for bit, too big a play. And Spag's defense does such a great job of really stopping you at the first down marker. They really did a, a nice job there. Yeah, he really did look indecisive in the second half. Like he would hold the ball just a little too long on at least seven or eight occasions where I felt like they could have taken what they were giving him and kept the offense on schedule. I, I, I'm with you. I think at 21-9, he looked lost to me the rest of the game. <clears throat> he looked lost when they got down 20. When they went on the 21 nothing run yeah. after they jumped out 9 nothing. He just looked lost. He looked lost to me. Yeah, well, early on though, that fastball looked good. I thought, wow, this kid is rising to the occasion. Yeah, and but, I really thought in the second half he definitely looked like he got tight. Yeah, but how, how much of that you got to credit the the defense of Kansas City? I mean, they're the ones that made him look that bad. Well, I just right? you know, if you've That's watched exactly them all year, did. they're not that good. Well, hey, Big D didn't have them getting out of their no. first divisional round. Right? I thought for sure yeah. yesterday was the day that they were going to go down because that defense they just. Their last eight games, they've won by nothing more than, I think, six points was the yeah. most they won by. The only team they beat was the Jets, who me, you, Geo, Fran, Paul, Rick. <laughs> I mean, we could give them a run if Eric Coleman would join us. We, 
we definitely could give them a run. No doubt. No doubt. Baby. Unfortunately, Eric Cole would have to play every position. <laughs> That's right. fine. Exactly. <laughs> he could, though. He He's could. still in game shape, that boy. But I listen to his show on Sunday mornings. He's great. Can we get him on he's, the show once in a while? He's about as good on TV as you can be. So, I mean, he is so good. Just so likable. And polished and professional and knowledgeable. He, Eric Coleman is about as good as you can put. I don't know why he doesn't call a national game is beyond me. I mean, some of these guys are all fine and, you know, Romo's great. But most <laughs> of them. Good. Romo's good. There are guys who are but pathetic. Some of them are awful. Yeah. I mean, Eric should be calling the national games for somebody. Well, he's got a new head coach this year, and uh, they're going to definitely have a great day. Oh, they, they have a new head two, coach so. every year. They suck. Yeah. Well, Sal is going to be good. I think Sal is going to be a good coach. Oh, really? Do you, do you think so? You thought I your did. coach was going to be good. How'd that work out? <laughs> Not too well. Okay. But, uh, you know. <laughs> here's, the, here's the problem is how good a coach you are. If you have no talent, yeah. you're not going to be that good. They well, have no talent. Zero. Hey. Big D, it's going to be the argument. Belichick or Brady, who really was responsible for that dynasty? Well, is that still, is that still up for debate? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I mean, you tell me. Yeah, tell me. What, what's Bill doing right now? What's Bill got? Ready, ready for the draft. Is he getting ready for playing two? Oh, no, he's not. <laughs> what's Tom doing? Oh, he's getting ready to play in two weeks. Are Home you game, suggesting that Belichick's not the greatest coach that ever existed in this game? Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe going into this weekend, I might have thought that. But after watching oh, the... shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a debate. Yeah. All right, what else in sports, Rick? Let's wrap weeks. this up. Okay, I got some rodeo, Big D. Let me get into that. Southeastern Circuit Finals <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> Bergeron Rodeo Grounds, Davie, Florida. Come on now. We got some big rodeo fans on All RFS right, let's 60. Let's back. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> Taylor Broussard riding on Prefoot Rancher and Barry's Girl. One with his two-round median average at 85 and a half. South Bronc, Coney DeMoss riding on Saddam Gold and Palindrome took first with a two-round medium score at 83 and three-quarter. And bull riding, Corey Otwell on Red Cloud and Pocket Aces took the $2,600 payout mm. with a median average of 82.75. Let me just um, let me jump in here, Rick. I, wanted to, I don't want to accuse you of anything, but it does seem to me just now when you started to do um, bull riding, you pulled the Hillary Clinton and started to talk like if, <laughs> if you were from... Like Texas. I mean, did, did you sense that at all or no? <laughs> well, I think I was bit. picking up on your little bit of accent. Little bit. Okay, once okay. In a while. <laughs> are you going to say you haven't done I follow that on the this show? Dog Gio, you shut up. I didn't ask you to chime in and talk about me. This is not about me. This is about this is about Rick. All he right, does sports. D. He's reporting on bull riding. I just sense a little twang jumping out. It's all imitation I'm is the highest form of flattery. <laughs> I, I think the biggest one of the, one of the funniest things on this show, maybe not the biggest, is hearing the guy from New York talk rodeo, which is you know mostly a Southwest Circuit type of thing. But uh, oh no, people, <laughs> my cousin Vinny, people love rodeo all over this country. I um, had a cup of coffee. <laughs> People love the rodeo the all U. over. All right, come on, let's wrap this up. All right, one more. Barrel racing. <laughs> Kelly Carrington with a two-round median score of 14.97 for the ladies. Took it home in the barrel racing. Took home $2,800. And that's a wrap in rodeo and a wrap for sports. <laughs> that's a wrap on this segment. All right. More to do in hour two. Coming up.
All right, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Uh, Rick Amorati will do some more sports. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Franz here. Who's in the control room with you, G? I noticed a new face. We do have a new face today. Who's that? Do you want to introduce yourself? No, I asked you who's in the room. (laughs) This is Anthony. Okay, Anthony. What's Anthony doing? He's learning my job so I can get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) He's going on to constitutional law. (laughs) Fred's like, please, anyone else learn how to do this so I can get the hell out of here. Oh, good. No, Anthony's going to... Learn some audio because Fran, uh, I guess, wants to take vacation, although he hasn't cleared it with me yet. So until he does, you'll be going nowhere. Yeah, I'm taking vacation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love when I can think I can act like uh, these guys give a damn what I think, which they don't. Um, <laughs> glad you're in on a Monday. Lots to do. Let's do um, Crazy Town, G, because uh, the impeachment, you know, the new leader is Chuck Schumer. He's the new leader of the Senate. That's hard as that is to say. Yeah. And the, um, you know, as the majority leader, you have to set the tone for how things go. So with that in mind, here is um, today's version of Crazy Town. Roll it, G. The fact is the House will deliver the article of impeachment to the Senate. Mm. The Senate will conduct a trial of the impeachment of Donald Trump. Mm. It will be a full trial. Okay. It will be a fair trial. Sure. But make no mistake. Okay. There will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John Donald John Trump incited the erection, the erection, the erection, the erection, <laughs> insurrection against the United States. <laughs> yeah. Well, get down to the bottom of whether he incited the uh, the erection here of the uh, of the uh yeah we, we knew uh donald created a lot of excitement yeah 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 this is uh you know different strokes for different folks but we're gonna have to get down to the bottom of this here of uh the erection business <laughs> as we uh, as we get uh, to the bottom of it so yeah there's your there's your leader in the senate so yeah, um that's him well, uh, so there's an article, speaking of the, um, <clears throat> we got to figure out if he, uh, Donald Trump was the cause of the erection. We have to, um, Rand Paul calls Trump impeachment process a farce and says it should be dismissed. This is in um, the Daily Wire from Eric Quintanar, I believe is how you pronounce it. Senator Rand Paul called the impeachment process against former President Donald Trump a farce in an op-ed on Sunday morning and suggested that it should be dismissed before the trial can even begin. In an op-ed for The Hill called Boycott Sham Impeachment, Senator Rand Paul wrote, quote, The Constitution says two things about impeachment. Number one is a tool to remove the office holder. And it must be presided over the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Which, by the way, um, he's absolutely right. Article 1, Section 3, Clause 6 and 7 says the chief justice shall preside. Now, it, it doesn't say um, the Speaker of the House can decide. It doesn't say that the vice president uh, can come and sit in, in his place. It says... 
the chief justice shall preside, period. Well, the chief justice, who is John Roberts, has said, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not presiding. He doesn't want to preside, and he won't preside, because, number one, if they go down this road, where do you think this ends up? Well, it ends up in the Supreme Court. So unless the chief uh, justice is going to recuse himself, he's not going to preside over this. And it says, again, Article 1, Section 3, Clause 6 and 7, the chief justice shall preside. If Justice Roberts is not presiding over this, then it is not impeachment, Senator Rand Paul says. This charade will be nothing more than bitter, bitter partisanship and political theater wrote the junior Kentucky senator. Politico, citing multiple Republican and Democrat sources close to the impeachment trial negotiations, which, that, I mean, that could be like me and Paul for the, <laughs> with that description, reported last week that Chief Justice John Roberts didn't want to roll in the trial. A spokesperson for Chief Justice Roberts declined to comment to Politico about the story. Senator Paul, who declined to object to any electoral college votes, also accused unnamed lawmakers of performing, quote, a little play for their supporters and said they were fighting for a different outcome they all knew couldn't happen. But Paul said that politicians who tell crowds to fight to take back your country can't be held responsible for incitement. And he says, quoting now from his article, If we are to blame politicians for the most violent acts of their craziest supporters, then many of my colleagues would face some pretty harsh charges themselves. I've been shot at, assaulted, and harassed by supporters of the left, including some who directly said the words of politicians moved them to the violence against me. I was there at the ball field when a deranged Bernie Sanders supporter almost killed Steve Scalise seriously wounded several others at the time democrats were arguing that the gop plan for health care was quote you get sick and then they let you die unquote is it any wonder that some insane left-wing gunman took out that rhetoric to heart and concluded quote if the gop is going to let me die then maybe i'll just kill them first senator paul con- concluded his op-ed by saying, quote, I am more willing to work with Democrats to find common ground on protecting civil liberties or ending some of our many foreign military interventions, but no unity or common ground will be found while Democrats continue to fight the last election. This so-called impeachment is a total farce and should be dismissed before it is even allowed to begin. The impeachment trial has been scheduled to begin the week of February 8th, and public statements indicate that while many Republican lawmakers have ruled out convicting Trump, 28 so far, 14 of them have suggested they're open to convicting him. According to a Washington Post tracker, another eight Republican lawmakers have not made public comments or made ambiguous statements on where they would stand. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell the Senate's top-ranking Republican said earlier this month that he had not made a decision, ah, made a decision on um, whether to vote to convict Trump. So that from uh, Senator Rand Paul in the Daily Wire. And um, it, it just makes you think at some point, 
that um, you have to, you have to, you know, this is what banana republics do. They go after, you know, former officials who are not officials anymore, who are don't not they, presidents anymore. Don't they also have propagandized media and rigged elections? Oh, collapsing dollars. Yeah, it sounds like a banana republic. Yes, and it sounds a lot like what's going on in this country right now. But you have you have to wonder now. Here, now the chief justice doesn't want to preside. So what do the Democrats do? They say, okay, we'll give it to uh, we'll give it to Patrick Leahy from Vermont. So he's sitting there today as uh, the as the used cars um, Senator Raskin. Uh, Congressman Raskin brings in the impeachment uh, thing to read on the floor. And there's Patrick Leahy. He's going to oversee this if it goes forward. So now he's sitting on the Supreme Court, right? He's one of the other justices. Is that is that it? What's his job? Well, no, he's not. No, he's not. Oh, I don't. I, he's uh, not? Other than other than probably being there when the Constitution was drawn up, I don't know <laughs> what his job would be. That's about the only thing I could figure he would. He would add to this because he's about a you know 150 years old. But he's not. He's not. A, he's not a. He's a, not the chief justice. Let's put it that way. And he's not a judge in any way, shape, or form. No, he's not. Huh. He's Interesting. not. But the Demo- But it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter to the Democrats. We'll just you know we'll give it to uh, Senator Leahy to do. Well, under under what will you give it to him? Oh, it doesn't matter. We'll just do it. Um. And that's what they're doing. And there he is today. He's up there. Patrick Leahy from Vermont. So, so, so we're going to set that we're going to every Republican who from Liz Cheney to Kinzinger to anyone else who can't get on the record like Senator Paul does and, and, and says that this is not only. Well, to begin and end, it's unconstitutional. And that's really where it should end. But anybody that tries to argue past that point that this should happen, number one is a moron, and number two has to be remembered and defeated in whatever election they have coming up next. Because it gets to the point where, you know, it's just enough. It is enough. The Democrats want to do this. They, you know, there's nothing that's going to stop them. But any Republicans that go along with it, you got to start taking notes. So, so, so kind of like they went around the country in certain places and changed election laws and nobody fought them on this. Nobody's really fighting them on this, are they? There's, well, we're just going to let Leahy do it and he's going to be the uh, judge and we're going to go ahead with our, with our impeachment trial anyway, even though it, it doesn't meet the, the only two criteria for the impeachment, right? He, he's not in office. He's a private citizen. And the, the chief justice is not sitting on this. That's correct. So, but that doesn't matter to them. We're going to set a new, very dangerous precedent here Mm -hmm. that we're going to go after private citizens when they leave office. This is a careful what you wish for situation. They get it. They get what they want. And it's going to open Pandora's box, boy. Uh, You know what? And I don't think it will. The purpose of impeachment was never, ever. And again, there's no historical, there's no factual basis um, for the argument they're making. It's not anywhere to be found. And to anyone who could, who could argue that somehow the framers of the Constitution um, uh, under the impeachment clause meant this, uh, to try to hold someone from ever... And of course, that's really what this boils down to, right? They just don't ever want to see the name Trump 
in any way, shape, or form ever running for, uh, for office again. Of course, and that's not what this is designed for. This is now, they're changing it into a completely different uh, tool, which they have no problem doing. Again, do you, you ever notice, to, to, to further this point, it, the Senate could be 65 um, 35. Republicans, 35 Democrats, and it seems like it's, it seems like it's 90-10 Democrats. Yeah, like you're always fighting an uphill battle. You're all, you're, it doesn't matter how many you have. But here it is, 50-50, with uh, Kamala Harris is going to be the, the... And here's the Republicans already. What, what are they doing? Rubber stamping all of these approvals. Oh, yeah, he's approved, he's approved, he's approved. Doing nothing to try, nothing. No pushback, no nothing. Now, maybe all of them think all these people are great. And okay, so if that's the case, then that's why you're voting for them. But it's just, they're just rubber stamping them. It's 50-50. You would think it's 90 to 10 Democrats. But when the Republicans have the advantage, you never know what it still seems like it's the other way. It's, it's unbelievable. Live from Studio 6B on a Monday, 17 past the hour. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Paul's going to do some news here in a second. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati will have more sports. And um, again, we keep an eye on any Republicans here that go along with this sham impeachment from McConnell on down. I thought you got to say something else. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they go along with this. Sh- I was like, whoa. S show. Oh. Uh, yes. No, a sham impeachment, because um, we've always said the Democrats wrap themselves in the media, will wrap themselves in the Constitution when we all know that they hate it and like, would like to eviscerate it and burn it down if they can, because, of course, it stands in the way of um, them just grabbing more power. But um, as I listened to... Uh, Raskin today, oh, Constitution is constitutional duty, is Constitution this, is Constitution that. This is a party that's actively looking to create statehood for at least two more uh, for D.C. and Puerto Rico, looking to get rid of the uh, filibuster, pack the Supreme Court, possibly get, get rid of. I read an article that they said they're um, debating about eliminating the district court at the district court level so they can get rid of all the judges that trump appointed and uh start again (laughs) and just make a whole new level of judicial uh i I gotta pull this article i don't remember exactly i don't want to misquote it but it's just insane and by the way go ahead rick I was going to say, that's kind of what we were getting at in the break, is that, you know, the Democrats finally got what they wanted. They wanted him out, right? No more Trump. He's gone. He's out of the office. Well, that's a small part of what they want. Right. But now, it's it's like, 
It's like they're psychotic. It's like hanging's not right. good but, enough. But that's right. the that's it's the like burning's the, not good enough. Right. That's the bigger part of them with him. It's not that just that they wanted him gone and he's now gone, not president. They want to dismember him. Right. Ex- eviscerate anything about him personally, professionally. They'll never let it go. It's not just that he's gone. They they need to obliterate his entire right. legacy. Their right. their pound of flesh is still not for the 2000 for him even winning is still not they're not satisfied. Yeah, it, it was never just about getting him out of office. It was about totally uh, I mean and, and total destruction. They're like the, they're like the the psycho that isn't a psycho yet but just buried a cat and ran it over with a lawnmower. That's what these people are like. They just haven't been identified as being that psychotic just yet, but we're starting to see it because this sham impeachment is that is that uh is that poor cat well, it's more dangerous than that. It's true, but it's dangerous. You're gonna, we're setting a precedent here that because you don't like the way someone talks, you don't like their personality, you don't like the way they've conducted their life, you don't like the way he, they were as president or an, an official in government, we're creating a precedent now that basically says, well, yeah, he's an ex-president, he's a private citizen back in the private sector, but it, it doesn't matter. We don't like him, and um, we're going to go after him still. To make sure that he can't hold, uh, in just a political, the most political, vile political way possible, with no justification for it, neither factual nor historical. Nobody can point to anything that says this. Oh well, you know, this is why this gives us good grounds here to do this. Right. But it doesn't matter. We're we're gonna we're going after him. But but they're also they're not stopping at him. They're going after Ted Cruz. They're going after Josh Hawley. They're going after you and I because we may have texted something or voted a particular way or, you know, we, we actually enjoy and love our country. Oh, my goodness. That means you're a lunatic. You must be you must be reeducated. This is the this is the way they're talking. And, you know, they they're putting it out there. They're they're saying it to our face, and people aren't taking it seriously. They're like, eh. it's no, you got to start taking these people seriously. It's what they believe more than it is what they're talking. Yes, they're right. talking it because they believe it in their heart. If Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer could eviscerate the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, they would do it in four seconds. Chuck Schumer's tried on the Second Amendment. If you you know, he started in in the House. And when he come, came to the Senate, he was a huge proponent of getting rid of the Second Amendment. So they'd get rid of all of it in three seconds if they could. It's yeah. the, and the, and, the, and it only stands in their way. It's why they, they hate all of this. Why they hate the Constitution. Why they're talking about ending the filibuster. Well, what do we need the Senate for? Let's just end the filibuster. 51, pack the courts. We'll have support there forever. Statehood, two more senators. We'll never lose another election. Besides the fraud, and by the way, every new Congress, H.R. 1, right? We've talked about this on this show, the first bill, H.R. 1 of every new session. Well, H.R. 1 is up right now. What do you think, what do you think Nancy Pelosi wants to put in H.R. 1? She wants to solidify all of the voting rules and lawlessness that we had. We want to codify that now in H.R. 1. Where is the pushback from the Republicans? Where is the pushback from the state legislatures all across this country? Where is the action from the state legislatures that are all now back in session saying, 
Well, no, no, no. This is how how are elections going to work in these places going forward? Where where is it? Has anyone heard? Is the state legislature in Georgia and Pennsylvania have they addressed Act seventy seven? No, of course not. Well, I hope you get we have time to get to that Rand Paul clip. You just reminded me of it. Next segment, we really got to get to it because he eviscerates little Georgie and and the lie machine. Yeah. Well, let's do some news. Here's Paul. So this is just another um, another poll with uh, just the news and Rasmussen. An overwhelming majority of voters, including majorities in virtually every major voting demographic, believe Americans should be required to show photo ID before casting a ballot in person, according to the poll. The, uh, the question was, should all voters who cast their ballots in person be required to show photo ID before voting? Yes, 77%. No, 13%, and nine dimwits weren't short. <laughs> nine, 9% of the, the dimwits who just can't make a decision. So, I mean, I, I can't believe, again, once again, I still can't believe everyone doesn't think you should have to show ID. I mean, for God's sakes, you got to show ID for everything you do, including buying butts and alcohol. I mean, you got to have ID for everything. I mean, I... To, on a plane. What, what, what yeah, world I mean, are we in? If we keep going down this road of the whole COVID, hey, you need a COVID pass. Exactly where I was going well, to then, go. Then what do you mean you, you don't need a pass or, or an ID to vote? I mean, that's that's just stupid. It's it's it truly is. Uh, it's 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 insane. It's just insane, and and the fact that it's they make it like it's. I don't know. Get, that's the ultimate gaslight. Oh, you shouldn't have one. These poor people can't get uh, an ID. What? <laughs> Oh, that's the argument. So, how about we? Um, how about we start looking at uh, some of the blockchain technology that's being developed? It may not be for the next election, maybe not the one after that. But how about eight to twelve years out? How about we decent? Well, we write some protocols and decentralize this whole thing and start using blockchain technology where you're no question. you're voting from your phone. The blockchain is making sure you are who you are that it's valid. It can all be done like that. Again, it may not be for 8 to 12. Well, they say they have that technology now. I've yeah. read about it that they believe they have that technology is able. They could have rolled it out right now. I'll tell you, while we're I, on that I'm subject. Not sure, I'm not so sure that's that's the case. Uh, not that someone doesn't maybe think they can. I think there's a long way to go before you can do a three, you know, you can do a I think hundred million so, people. I think we're so much further down the line with blockchain than than most realize i think there's so much i think there's just so much going on right now where there's they're using it in almost every you know platform and every protocol like you see what they do with travel sites they're using blockchain they're using all new payment systems so i i don't know man i but who knows anyway while we're on that subject how about super important subjects like should we go to war and should we do this how about the entire public you know maybe weigh in on their votes there too while we're at it i mean with raised taxes let's let's vote let's vote if we should raise taxes or not well i saw biden send troops in somewhere already didn't he we're certainly not going to congress anymore for for these things when we go to war we know that all right 26 past the hour live from studio 6b more news when we get back more sports a couple more articles got some good video we'll do it all when we get back
All right, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Paul's going to do some news. Rick Emirati's here. He's going to do sports. Rick Delgado's here. Um, we have time. We'll get to, well, we'll get to, definitely get to Rand Paul. And by the way, that's cut eight, uh, Paul. If you get to that in your news, you want to see Rand Paul, but that's, it's, it's a long clip. So uh, let's do news here instead. And then we'll get to Rand Paul maybe after sports. Uh, and here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? I think I want my music back when we introduce the uh, news yeah. segments. I think I want that. Didn't it? Didn't it? I kind of nice. like that. What do you think? Let's try this one more time. All right, let's do the news. <laughs> All right, so here. Google to assist here- with vaccine rollout by displaying vaccination locations on map. The company is also don- donating $100 million in ad grants to nonprofits like the CDC and the WHO to help with critical public service health announcements. So it's nice to see that big tech like Amazon and Google are to the rescue here now that Trump is gone. So uh, the COVID-19 vaccination sites across the country will soon be visible on Google Maps in a new rollout that will show users who, where, and when they can schedule an appointment to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. With internet searches for vaccines near me being five times higher Then the beginning of the year, according to Google announcement on Monday, the company says it wants to implement the feature in maps that will provide locally relevant answers. And the new update will be released in coming weeks, first in Arizona, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas. The search will also show uh, which groups of Americans are now eligible to get the vaccination and show how uh, whether an appointment is required. Google will work with the local governments, pharmacies, and receive this that received this information. So now, 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 Paul, real quick, did you say you could set up your appointment through that app? Is that is that the goal here? I believe that is the goal here, but it's uh, it's it's showing people the who, the when, the how, and if you need an appointment or not, or if you could just walk up based on your, you know, uh, demographic. Because that's a great way to keep track of people, isn't it? Oh, by God. <laughs> what a great way. Seriously. I mean, oh, we're just trying to help you. Just put put in your name and, and your information. We'll show you where the closest location is for you. <laughs> Boom. Gotcha. It, well, it's not like they don't have you anyway. I mean, I you're mean, holding this. It, I mean, right. it's, yep. Everything's gotten so, you know, it gets, it's gotten worse and worse, obviously, with how much they know. And you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, we're all victims of it because we like the convenience. So uh, I thought this was interesting. GOP's Hawley files counter complaint with the Senate Ethics Committee against Democratic colleges. Uh, colleagues, I'm sorry, forgive me, guys. Uh, seven uh, Senate Dems filed complaint last week against Senate Hawley and Cruz. So Hawley on Monday filed a counter complaint with the Senate Ethics Committee in response to seven Senate Democrats who had previously filed a complaint against him and Ted Cruz. Um, and uh, the uh, letter wrote, The idea that one senator who disagrees with another senator can therefore have that senator punished, sanctioned, censured, or removed is utterly antithetical of our democracy and the very idea of open, lawful debate. And uh, Democratic senators and others argue Hawley and Cruz's objections helped spark the siege on the Capitol building as lawmakers were certifying state elections results to make Biden not fellow Republican Trump. Blah blah. We all know this. Um, last week, Sem- uh, Senators Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island, Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, Tina Smith of Minnesota, uh, Maisie Hirono of Hawaii, who we know how stable she is, and several oh, yeah. others uh, went to the Ethics Committee asking for an investigation of Cruz and Hawley's efforts to challenge uh, Biden's electoral college win in November. So 
Uh, it's good to see he's standing up. He's also, if you guys remember, we, we reported on this, that following the siege, Simon and Schuster canceled its forthcoming deal with Hawley, and the book's distribution will now be handled by a conservative-leaning uh, reg, uh, what is it? Regnity Publishing and uh, distributed internationally by Simon and Schuster. So, yeah, and, and it's interesting because uh, Senator Hawley also, you know, he's not going to let anybody stop him from writing and getting his voice and his message out there. He had an opinion piece in yesterday's New York Post. It's called "It's Time to Stand Up Against the Muzzling of America." Uh, let me read some of it here. Have you checked your social credit score lately? You might want to. Mine seems to have taken a nosedive this month. You might want to see how yours is doing. Everyone knows what a credit score is, but social credit scores are new. They're the latest corporate import from communist China where government and big business monitor every citizen's social views and statements. And they're the latest form of cancel culture in this country as corporate monopolies and the left team up to shut down speech like they, they don't like and force their political agenda on America. For those who still believe in free speech and the First Amendment, this is the time to take a stand. Like the old-fashioned kind of credit score, your social credit requires a lot of maintenance. You'll get to make sure you have good grades in school and stay out of trouble with the law. But that's just the start. You have to earn, check this out, earn the right to live in polite society these days. So if you want to get a good job, stay at hotels, be served at restaurants, you will need to do a few other things. You'll need to voice the right opinions. You'll need to endorse the right ideas. You'll need to conform. And that's what corporate chieftains tell us anyway. They tried to reprimand me this month because I didn't. On behalf of the voters of my state, I raised the challenge to the presidential electors from Pennsylvania after that state conducted the election in violation of state constitution. Maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't, but whatever your view, corporate America's rush to cancel those it dislikes should trouble you. In my case, it started with leftist politicians demanding I resign from office or uh, uh, I resign from office for representing the views of my constituents and leading a Democratic debate on the floor of the Senate, which is part of his job. Uh, taking that cue, a corporate publishing house then canceled the book it had asked me to write. Ironically enough, the book is about political censorship and then by the most powerful corporations in America. It will get worse. The tech titans have already booted dozens of conservatives off social media. And if they have their way, half of the House Republican conference will be expelled from Congress. The corporate titans seem to believe that the only way to get a democracy to their liking is to eliminate all threats to the Democratic Party's unified control of government. The alliance of leftists and woke capitalists hopes to regulate the innermost thoughts of every American from school age to retirement. And they're trained enforcers of woke orthodoxy to monitor dissent or misbehavior. A quote unquote Karen who cuts the wrong person off in traffic gets followed home on a live stream and shamed, shamed into crying for mercy as her license plate is broadcast to an online horde eager to hound her out of a job. And we've seen this happen where they'll go after people where they go to work and so and, and try to ruin their lives. Uh, he goes on. Everyone knows it can happen to them. So everyone shuts down. 
The circle of trust narrows. Conversations too easily recorded shift to encrypted messaging apps for, for now until those get banned, too, for interfering in efficient social credit markets. For some time, conservatives recognizing that we're now the counterculture indulge in the delusion that we could opt out of all this. We send our kids to schools that don't teach all the woke stuff. We make our we make our friends at church, not at work. Take comfort that trust and openness were still possible in communities of shared purpose. We'd vote our conscience because the ballot box was something no election could take from us. And it goes on. It's it's a great piece. And again, it's in the New York Post. If you want to go to it, it's from uh, Senator Josh Hawley talking about it's time to stand up against the muzzling of America. And, and basically, you know, just because, uh, I guess, you know, stop being afraid to let your voice be heard because it's this, 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 you know, acquiescing to being, well, I don't want anybody to be mad at me. I don't want to rub somebody the wrong way. Too bad. Uh, it, you know what? If you're offended, guess what? That's your right to be offended. And it's my right to offend you as well if you don't like it. Just as it's your right to offend me. And I'm not going to try and go to your job and have you fired. So you know, he makes some great points here. You know what happens when you get offended? Nothing. Yeah. Nothing happens to you. You don't get cancer from it. You don't get sick. You don't get COVID from being offended. Right. You just have to work out stuff in your own head. So get over it. You know, when you look at the facial recognition technology and how many cameras have been put all over China and how they're rolling out so many cameras here, it's it's not hard to believe that a social credit store could come here. It, it's hard to believe, but it's not really that hard to believe when no. you consider how much technology is rolled in here that they have in China now. Hey, if you consider the population difference, if they can do it to over a billion people, uh, they can do it here. Holly, in that uh, New York Post article, ended by saying, I, for one, am not going to back down. My book will be published and I will continue to represent the people of my state without fear or favor, whatever the left or the corporations say. The powerful see in the present moment an opportunity to consolidate their control over society into squelch dissent. That means those of us who believe in the First Amendment and the fundamental principles of American liberty must now take a stand while we still can. And that line is really what it's all about. The left, the media, Pelosi, Schumer, the Democratic Party, mostly as a whole, see this moment as an opportunity to consolidate their control over society and to squelch dissent. That is, you couldn't say it more succinctly. They want to make the whole country California They're going to target Trump supporters. They're going to target right-wing media, whatever the hell that means. You know, if you support the Constitution now, you're right-wing. Yep. Um, They're going to go after talk radio. They're going to go after whatever they can. And we've brought up multiple examples. Oliver Darcy from CNN. um, People from MSNBC. All the time, every day. You can almost turn it on almost at any part of the day. And if you watch long enough, you'll see, you'll hear some guests talk about how, you know, do we really think Fox News should exist? Oh, not just, even, just not the even. other day, some guy from there, some whack job, was talking about should Fox News even exist? Yeah, it's not even the guest, Damon. It's the actual host. 
who are gunning for this. And, and it blows your mind because it's like, wait, um, this is part of your industry. You realize that if you get rid of them, guess what? You're next. They always will find somebody else to go after. And these idiots, I guess the new Nazis don't realize uh, what happened, you know, 80 years ago. It's, it's history repeating itself. There was a New York Times, I believe she was, writer who just got fired. And to, uh, she got fired for something on Inauguration Day. I don't have it in front of me. But she made some comment about, you know, Biden. And, you know, she's just one of these. It was a real kiss-ass kind of something ridiculous comment. Not, not by the way, more ridiculous than Chalian on CNN saying it looked like it was Joe Biden's arms reaching out. I mean, it was, you know, to the, that <laughs> level of um, just pure, like, soft porn uh she got fired for whatever the comment was and i the to see the comments the irony of the comments of the people on twitter talking about her losing her job over this i'm thinking to myself well (laughs) this is what you cancel culture hello uh this is your thing isn't it (laughs) all of a sudden it hits home from someone at the Holocaust denying New York Times, and all of a sudden now they can't believe that she lost her job. I mean, it's quite ironic. Studio 6B, 13 till the hour. Paul's doing some news. Maybe we'll do a little more. We'll try to get Rand Paul in here. Let's get right to sports with uh, Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? All right, Big D. NCAA Men's Basketball Final. Uh, Virginia 81 over, over Syracuse 58. And West Virginia leads Texas Tech by 7 with about a minute to go in the first half. NBA uh, Magic 117-108 final. Uh, Paces also over the Raptors 129-114 final. Pistons over the Sixers 119-104 final. And the Nets are up by 16 over the Heat with about a minute to go and Lakers and Cavs tight one there uh, Lakers lead by two uh, late second half uh, NHL only one game in action tonight Ottawa centers taking on the Vancouver Canucks uh, and Dustin Poirier stuns Conor McGregor with a second round TKO at UFC 257 Saturday night Dustin Poirier averaged his uh, avenged his loss to Conor McGregor and picked up by far the biggest win of his career the perennial UFC lightweight contender shocked McGregor beating him via TKO after swung him with punches at 232 of the second round Saturday night in the main event in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. Uh, Poirier first hurt McGregor on the right leg with kicks to the calf. With McGregor's leg compromised, Poirier ripped off a series of hard-punching combinations. The closing blow was a shovel right hand that dropped McGregor. Poirier followed on the ground, and referee Herb Dean stepped in to call it, marking uh, marking the first KO uh, or TKO loss of McGregor's 13-year career. McGregor wants to complete a a trilogy in May and perhaps fight for the championship in the 
process. He's already harassing everybody to get a rematch. His coach uh, John Cavanaugh said earlier today. So we're going to see what happens if there'll be a, a, a you know a Conor McGregor and a Poirier rematch there, probably sometime in May. Um, and uh, some early Super Bowl betting trends to know, guys. Uh, favorites have covered two straight Super Bowls and three of the last four. Overall, favorites are 27, 25, and 2 in Super Bowl history. AFC teams have won and covered five of the last six Super Bowls. That looks good for the Chiefs. And the favorite team is 35 and 19 straight up in the 54 Super Bowls all time. So uh, we're looking forward to the playoffs. We'll be talking about that all week. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. All right. Thanks, Rick. Um, so Rand Paul went on with little Georgie. And um, <laughs> let's just try to work our way through this, what we can. Here's how it, uh, here's how it went. Roll it. Uh, Senator Paul, let me begin with a threshold question for you. Uh, threshold this election question. was not stolen. Do you accept that fact? Well, what I would say is that the debate over whether or not there was fraud should occur. We never had any presentation in court where we actually looked at the evidence. Most of the cases were thrown out uh, for lack of standing, which is a procedural way of not actually hearing the question. There were several states in which the law was changed by the Secretary of State and not the state legislature. To me, those are clearly unconstitutional. And I think there's, a, there's still a chance that those actually do finally work their way up to the Supreme Court. Courts traditionally and historically don't like to hear election questions. But yes, were there people who voted twice? Were there dead people who voted? Were there illegal aliens who voted? Yes, and we should get to the bottom of it. I'll give you an example. In my state, when we had a Democrat Secretary of State, she refused, even under federal order, to purge the role of illegal voters. We got a Republican Secretary of State and he purged the rolls. But Senator it Paul, does I make have a to, difference and those things I, I have, have to, to stop you there. there oh, no, yeah, you no, stop no election here. is so perfect. This is where you start to get This is where you start to get crazy listening to George. Hello? This is where you start to get crazy listening to George. I have to stop you there because you're talking too um too smart here. This makes too much <laughs> sense to, to to point out the obvious that there was constitutional question. Now George doesn't say Okay, well, um, so what you're saying is you have, constitutionally you think there was issues in some of these states. No, no, I have to stop you here, and I have to be a Democrat hack like I am because I have to tell you that you're not answering my damn question. I'm the um, media arm of the Biden uh, administration here, and what you're talking about is makes too much sense. This is journalism on, a, on, on this week's – this is the biggest Sunday morning show out there. And his, his first of all, his starting question – uh, can we agree here that this election wasn't stolen? Can you admit that? What kind of question is that <laughs> from, a, from a host? How about... Well, well, he's not doing journalism. Not, 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 do, you think there was, do you still think there was fraud? Did you have a problem with the election? Right. And any question would do to let him go. But now he's got to jump in here because we talked about the Constitution and we talked about you know people who were dead were voting, which clearly there was. Now, that's too much for George. Go ahead in court all were dismissed every state certified the results <laughs> after investigations and recounts the de department of justice led by william barr said there's no widespread evidence of fraud can't you just say the words this yeah. election was well, not what stolen. i would suggest is this guy's crazy what I would suggest is that if we want greater confidence in our elections, and 75% of Republicans agree with me, is that we do need to look at inte election integrity, and we do need to see if we can uh, restore confidence in the elections. Well, 75% of Republicans agree with you because they were fed a big lie by President Trump and his supporters. This is journalism. This is Why can't you say well, I think where President you make, Biden I think, won I think a legitimate you make a mistake election? In, uh, hey, George, 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 where you make a mistake is that 
people coming from the liberal side like you, you immediately say everything's a lie instead yeah. of saying there are two sides to everything. Historically, what would happen is if I said that I thought there was fraud, you would interview someone else who said there wasn't. But now you insert yourself in the middle and say that the absolute well, fact is that everything I'm saying is a lie. Well, because, but I say Senator, I said what the president fact, said was a lie because to. he said, hold we're on a second. To. He said the election was stolen. This election was not stolen. This the results were certified in every you're single there, state you're saying, after counts you're saying, and recounts. You're saying that absolutely it was you're saying there was no fraud and it's all been investigated and that's just not true so it's not what i said sir i said the department of justice found no evidence let me, let me finish. finish my point no, you, say you said lie. something that was you, not true you say we're all liars you're just simply saying we're all liars and i said it was a lie that the election was stolen premise that you're right and we're wrong well let, no well, let's let's talk about the specifics of it in wisconsin tens of thousands of absentee votes had only the name on them and no address. Historically, those were thrown out this time. They weren't. Mm -hmm. They made special accommodations because they said, oh, it's a pandemic, and people forgot what their address was. So they <laughs> changed the law after the Check. fact. That is wrong. That's unconstitutional. And I plan on spending the next two years going around state to state and fixing these problems. And I won't be cowed by liberals in the media who say, there's no evidence here, and you're a liar if you talk about election fraud. No, let's have an open debate. It's a free country. It, there's there's no widespread evidence of election fraud that overturned the results. <laughs> that was not, stated George as well by the Department of Justice, by President Democrat Trump's attorney general. No, he's debating. He's not interviewing. Well, actually, it was never studied. That, even that's certified. not true. Even, even that's, that's not, not true. true. Even William that's Barr not said true. That Barr said that. But there was, yes, he said that, yes. That was a pronouncement. There has been no examination, yeah. thorough examination of all the states to see what problems we had and see if they could fix them. Now, let me say, to be clear, I voted to certify the state electors because I think it would be wrong for Congress to overturn that. But at the same time, I'm not willing just to sit here and say, oh, everybody on the Republican side is a liar and there is no fraud. No, there were lots of problems and there were secretaries of state who illegally changed the law and that needs to be fixed. And I'm going to work hard to fix it. And I won't be cowed by people saying, oh, you're a liar. That's the problem with the media today is they say all Republicans are liars and everything we say is a lie. There are two sides to every story. Interview somebody on the other side, but don't insert yourself into the story to say we're all liars because we there, some fraud there, in the election. There are, not, there, are not two, there are not two sides of the story. <laughs> this has been looked at in every single wow. state. The election oh, sure there are. Certified there are in two every sides to every state. story. George, you're forgetting who you are. You're forgetting who you are as a journalist. If you yeah. think there's only one side, you're inserting yourself into the story to say I'm a liar because I want to look at election fraud and I want to look at secretaries of state who illegally change the voter laws without the permission of their state legislatures. That is incontrovertible. It happened. And you can't just sweep that under the rug and say, oh, nothing to see here. And everybody's a liar. And you're a fool if you bring this up. You're inserting yourself into the story. A journalist I'm, would hear both sides. And there are two sides to this I'm story. Sta I'm standing by facts. There are not two sides to facts. <laughs> I did not say there, that this was a perfect election. I said it was the results were certified. I said it was not stolen. It you're is a lie to say people are liars. You're stolen. saying people are liars if they want to investigate what happened in the election. Should That's we not what I said. The fact the tens of thousands yeah. of absentee ballots right, did enough, not have Jake. addresses on them. Good for Rand Paul. Good for Rand Paul. Might be one of my favorite clips I've ever seen from a wow. Sunday morning show. Good for Rand Paul. I, he could even gone harder at him. <laughs> with specifics. One of the comments. Pennsylvania specifically, <laughs> Act 77. George, do you think that you can change state? I mean, there's a lot of things you could go back at George. <laughs> do I think what? The uh, the line here, someone wrote, uh, Endgame wrote, just confess and the pain will stop. <laughs> it's like the torture scene from Braveheart. <laughs> That's
That's all good for Rand Paul. Oh, man, that was. I'm going to watch that tonight before I go to bed and go to bed in a good mood. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs. Thanks, everybody, on this show. Thanks, Real America's Voice. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. We'll see you tomorrow night. Back with you in 22, live from Studio 6B. We'll see you then.